Um, what's printed is the beginning of Perkhov Dalid. We said we, we attached it to Perkhov Gimel, we appended it to that because in the Higra edition of Perkhov the Blazer, it was the end of Perkhov Gimel. So over there, Perkhov Dalid starts with the words Rabbi Eloy Oimer, which is the first few, uh, few lines into Perkhov Dalid. So that's what we're up to. Now we're going to discuss the story of the Dor HaPalaga, the generation of the dispersal of languages at the Tower of Babel. Rabbi Eloi Oimer, or in the Girsa of the Hagar edition, says Rabbi Eliezer Oimer. Hayu Moilidin es Benehem Ufarin Vorovin Kivin Sheretz Godel. In the generation after the Mabul, people would give birth to children and would be fruitful and multiply like a big insect. Shisha Bocholeda, meaning they would give birth to six kids at a time. And I guess the Medrash is trying to tell us that's why the world was repopulated so quickly. The, the Mabel happened, I believe, in the year 1656 of creation, and the Dora Palaga happened in 1996. So, like in 300 years, the world was like completely repopulated, which is pretty fast. So, it's saying that well, six people were born at a time. Well, what the, it's an interesting thing I found over here, the Pirushar Kech Well, what's the, what's the source of this idea that there were six people born at a time? I know we mentioned it earlier in Parakhov Bays when we were talking about the generation of the Mabul, it also said six people were born at a time. But over here it says six people were born at a time in the generation of the, after the Mabul. So where's, where we come from? So the Pirish Rekech al in Parshas Noyach, Parak Yud, Pasuk Yud Ches, makes a drasha. He finds it in the Pasuk right here. And the Pasuk says, when it's talking about all the descendants of Shem, Cham, and Yafes, so we know that Cham had a son named Canaan, and it goes to the sons of Canaan. Canaan It says we're Now there's an interesting thing that every time the word Mishpachos in in Chumash, not in Tanakh, but in, in the first five books in Chumash, the word Mishpachos or any plural form of the word mishpacha so there's no vav in, in, in the word mishpachais usually we spell it mem shin pe ches vav taf everywhere in the chobesh it's spelled without a vav it's missing a vav so the rakech says except over here when it says mishpachais haknani so there it says it with a vav to be maramis to this idea that in the generation after the mabul they were giving birth to six at a time because vav has a numerical value of six so that's why, that, that, that's the pshat in this medrash over here. Or that's what the medrash is dashing it from. That's what the Rekach says. Yeah, but the, 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 in, in Mitzrayim, the, the Jewish women had six at a time also. Say, but that's a different thing, because there it says, Vayishritu, it, it says in the Pasuk, Uvinei Yisrael paru vayirbu vayishritu ma'id ma'id. And Vayishritu means they became like, like insects. So the, the, the manager understands that what it means they became like insects is like just like insects give birth to six at a time so they too, the Jews in the, in the Mitzrayim give birth to six at a time. But here it doesn't say Vayishutu. It says, just as Pururvu. But he's saying that we learn it from the extra Vav in the word Mishpachais. It's an interesting thing. Now I, f- I looked, at, there's, a, there's, a, there's a book. It's a very handy tool if you're into these type of things. It's called the Concordancia. It's a concordance of all the words in Tanakh. So I looked over there and found another instance where it says Mishpachais in, in, in Chumash. And that is in Parshas Nasoi, 
when it talks about Pikudei bin, um, the what's it called the 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 jobs of the Bnei Gershain. So over there it says. Well, there was at some point it was this word, but Rashi also referenced uh, not just the Rokia, but the Rashi. This is the only vowel. Oh, yeah, the Rashi on that pasuk. I'm not sure on this pasuk, but I know. I don't see it here. So it says the Lush in the Pasuk is Ufkude Bine Gershain Lemishbachisam or Levesavisam. And over there when it says Lemishbachisam, it's spelled with a vav. So I don't know, it's just a, a little bit of a horror. It could be that that the the the, the exact chaser v'yaser of words, whether whether they have like an extra vowel or extra yud or whatever, wasn't necessarily a hundred percent the same thing throughout throughout all of Kali Yisrael, at least in the time of the Rishonim. So it could be that the Rikeh didn't have it spelled with a vowel over there. It could be. I don't know. It's it's a it's a little bit of a stretch to say such a thing, but <coughs> so that's why it could be. I don't know. But that's what the Rikeh says because it says Mishpachay Saknani with a vav. That's where we dash in this thing from. Oh, there's, a, there's actually a very interesting, interesting story about this. It's a shtickle famous story about the Taz and the Bach. The Taz was a, the Taz the Taz wrote on the Shulchan Aruch and the Bach wrote on the tour. Very famous Mufarshim in the in Paiskim and Halacha, and the Taz was actually the son-in-law of the Bach. So the story goes: How was it that the, the Taz came to marry the, the daughter of the Bach? You heard this story? Oh, so the, the story goes that the Taz and the Bach were learning Bechavrusah and they were learning Hilchus Ksiva Sefer Torah so the law is when you write a Sefer Torah so every line in the Sefer Torah has to have uh, 30 it has to be the space of 30 characters why? so they say the halacha is that it needs 30 characters because the longest word in Chumash is the word Lemishpachay Sehem and the word Lemishpachay Sehem is spelled with 10 letters so therefore you have to say that word 3 times because the shortest Pasuk has 3 words in it so three times, the longest word for the shortest pasuk is going to be 30 characters. And that's why every Sefer has 30 characters. So the Taz asked the Bach, he said to him, wait a second, but the word Lemish Sehem in Chumash is spelled without a Vav. So it's only nine letters. So, so why, why are we Makbit to have 30 letters? It should really be only 27 because every time you say Lemish Sehem, it's only nine letters. And there's no vav, so why why are you tell why are you telling me that you need thirty letters? There should be only twenty seven letters. That's the question that the Taz asks the Bach. The Bach says, "Oh, it's a good question." He calls in his daughter. And he says, "Oh, come come here." I believe her name was Rivka. I think her name was. I have it written down somewhere. In, I happen to be a descendant of the Taz and the Bach, so on my, on my family tree, I wrote down what her name was. I think her name is Rivka. He calls in his daughter. Rivka, no, come here. So he tells her, you know, we're learning over here, and the halacha is that you're supposed to have 30 characters, because and this, this young bachar over here is asking that in Chumash, it never says, so what do you do? So, so she says, first of all, she says, first of all, there's, the, the longest word in Tanakh, Tanakh is for sure 10 letters. If it's not so it's the word Achashtar Panim in Megillus Esther, which is spelled with 10 letters. So there you, for sure, you already have, a letter, you, you have 10 letters. 
And then she says, second of all, even though in Chumash the word Lemishpachesehem is spelled without a Vav, so it's only nine letters, but in Sefer Yeshua, Perakim Ches, Pasuk Chafalaf, it says Lemishpachesehem with a Vav. That's what she said. So then she went, she went back out or whatever, and then the, the Bach turns to, she said, oh, he, he turns to Taz, and he said, no, she, said, she sees, she, she knows what she's talking about, she has Yer Shemaim, she, she knows how to learn, or whatever. So he said to her, I think you, you, see, you just saw her, you know, she's beautiful like the moon. Right? You're asking her, she's beautiful like the moon? And he said, yeah. So he said, no, maybe it's time to be Kadesh Levana. So that's the story they say about how the, the Taz became the Bach son in law. Right, that was Agav. Okay, well, you, okay, fine. So, that, that, so, so they were giving birth to six, ki- six kids at a time the, in the generation of the Tower of Babel. All the people of the world was one nation with one heart and with one language. Shinema, as it says in the Bazak, the whole land was one language and one word, one word or Dvarim Achadim could mean one thing. And the Radal says, it wasn't even just that they spoke one language, but that they had one mentality, and one go- everyone had the, the shared goal and the shared mentality. And it was just like one cohesive unity amongst all of society. It was one big society. It wasn't, there weren't any different groups. There's, there's a lot of different details over here about the Dora Palaga that we're actually not going to get into because I discussed them in my book, so I don't feel like talking a bit about them over here. But if you want to look at my book on Lashon Kedish in the second chapter, we speak all about this. But that's what the, the Radal points out over here. And these people despised the desired land, meaning they didn't like Eretz Yisrael. They didn't want to live in Eretz Yisrael. As we said in the previous parak, we said that Noyach after the Mabul, so we know that the Teva landed in Hare Ararat, which is in Armenia or Turkey or whatever, and then we said, but afterwards he went to Eretzisrael, because they say he was Makiv Karbanas by the Makam Amikdash. So he was living in Eretzisrael. But these people, Dafka, didn't want to live in Eretzisrael. They despised the desired land. Shem, it says in the Pasuk, It was when they were traveling from the east. No, the problem is that Eretz Yisrael is not east of Bavel. We're saying that they're going to travel from Eretz Yisrael to Bavel. So it says that they traveled from the east. But Eretz Yisrael is west of Bavel, not east of Bavel. So the Radal says that you have to explain that Mikedem doesn't mean east as a direction. But Mikedem, we said, we, we, we had this idea earlier in Perek somewhere. I think it was in Perek. Hey, uh, Gimel, I think. We, we, we said that Mekedem doesn't mean only east, but it mean, also means forward, but also it means from before. Kadmain. Kadmainia is earlier, ancient. Right? So we said that Eretz Yisrael is, so he says that Eretz Yisrael is the ancient land. Eretz Kadmainia Yishel Oilam, the land of the, the ancient place. So I think that's what it means. They went from the ancient place, not from the east, but from the ancient place. They went to the land of Shinar, which we would translate as Sumer, which is an area in Mesopotamia, in southern Mesopotamia. Shinar, that's what they say, Shinar is Sumer. They found a, a big land, and very bountiful. And it was completely flat, a flat land, a plain, 
Vyashvu Sham, and that's where they settled. Shnema, it says in the Pazak, Vayimtu Uvik Be'eretz Shinar, they found a plain in the land of Shinar, Vayeshvu Sham, and they lived there. What? Rabbi Kiva says, Hishlichu Machus Shamay Me'alehem, they, they threw up upon, from upon themselves the kingdom of Hashem from upon themselves. And they put upon themselves, they enthroned upon themselves Nimrod. Nimrod is Eved ben Melech, a, a slave, the son of a slave. Because all the descendants of Cham are slaves. We said that the, even though Noach, the words of Noach's curse was that it was going on Canaan, but we explained last week that the curse itself actually included all the descendants of Cham. And Cham had a son named, where well, Cham had a bunch of sons, and one of Cham's sons was named Cush, and Cush had a son named Nimrod. Cush had a few other sons also, but Cush had a son named Nimrod. So Nimrod was Cham's, great, was Cham's grandson. And we're saying that these people, when they moved to, to Babel, they took away Hashem as their king, and they decided to make this human being a king, this guy Nimrod, who, he was a king, and he was a, really supposed to be a slave. A slave, the son of a slave, that's what they put as their king. And then the Medrash says, like, parenthetically, Woe unto the land that a king reigns over it. Shinema, it says the Pasuk, it says, Tachas Eved Kiyimloich. The Radar brings the, 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 the beginning of the Pasuk, Rugs are the land gets angry, Tachas Eved Kiyimloich. When a, when a slave becomes the becomes the ruler, that's what that's what it explains over here. That really the descendants of Cham are supposed to be slaves, and Nimrod was a descendant of Cham, and he was supposed to be a slave, and instead he became a king. It's like the opposite. Like there's a, there's a pasuk Mashlubanu, the pasuk in Eicha. So Avadim Mashlubanu, Pashtus is talking about the Bnei, the kings of Babel, Nebuchadnezzar. Maybe if Nebuchadnezzar is descendant of Nimrod and and the Chom, so saying, Avadim, people who are supposed to be slaves, Mashlubano, they ruled over us. That's like one of the, it's like, it's like so horrible that, that they're, they're, they're supposed to be in a subservient state, and, and instead we're subservient to them. So the, the Apostle that we just brought, it says, Rugza Aret, so the land got angry. So it's saying the land is angry because the land recognizes that really it's the, the Malchus belongs to Kaddish Baruch Hu, and instead, the, you know, the Malchus is going to a person, to such a lowly person. But there's another Nukud over here that Nimrod, as we're going to see later on, Nimrod was the main instigator of the story of the Tower of Babel. That he was the main guy, he was the driving force behind it. And Chazal tell us that his name Nimrod it, 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 it alludes to who he was and what he did. Nimrod is a collection of Mairid, a Merida, a rebellion. That what Nimrod tried to do is he tried to get all of humanity to rebel against Hashem. So come on, Erevin. It says that Nimrod, why is he called Nimrod? Shehimrid kolo'aylam kula b'malchusay. Because through his king, kingship, he, he, re, he had the whole world rebel against the Kodesh Baruch Hu. Uh, one, one more point. The, the, the Radal brings down the Rabbina B'chayi in Parshish Yisrael says that by the Aserah Sedibris so it says Hashem said the first one of the Aserah Sedibris is Anoichi Hashem Lekecha Sharet Yisricha Me Eretz Yisrael Me Beis Avodim so the Pashat way of understanding that Apostle is saying I am Hashem your God who took you out of the land of Egypt from the house of slaves meaning that from you, were, you used to be slaves you were in the house of slaves because you, were, you weren't living as normal people and I took you out from the house of slaves but Rabbeinu B'chayi 
in Parshish Yisra says that no, mi base of Adam is going back on Mitzrayim. Asher it says, Sicha me'eret Mitzrayim, mi base of Adam. I took you from the ha- I took you out of the house of slaves because the Egyptians, the Mitzrayim, Mitzrayim was also one of the one of the descendants of Ham, the son of Ham. So so Mitzrayim are also slaves. So I took you out of Mitzrayim from from the house of slaves, from the Mitzrayim. That's what Rabbi Mechayes says. Fine. So the question is like this. Why did they make this guy Nimrod their king? What qualities did they see in Nimrod that made, it, they, they, they made him as the king over themselves? So the Medrash is going to bring two explanations. Rabbi Hanina says, Nimrod was very strong. He had, he had the muscles. Shnema says in the post, Nimrod, Kush gave birth to Nimrod, who is Gibar Baretz. And Nimrod was the first person to be a strong man in the world. So the reason, Rabbi Hanina is saying the reason why Nimrod became king was because he was a strong person. He was a powerful, strong person. So they admired that quality in him and they saw that that was, that was, uh, that was something that would be, that would be, he could protect them or whatever. So they decided that they're going to make him the king. That's Rabbi Hanina's chat. That he was, that he himself was strong. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, no, a different reason. Similar but different. The tunic that Hashem made for Adam and for Chava was with Noyach and his family when they were in the Teva. That, the coat that Adam and Chava wore, Noyach had it with them in the Teva. How did Noyach get it? So the Sefer Yasha brings down that the Adam Rishon gave it to Chanoich, Chanoich gave it to Mesushalach, and Mesushalach gave it to Noyach. And because it was such a, it was the, this coat, which we'll explain in a few moments, what was the coat made out of? Because it was something that was came from Hashem and given to other Mauritian, so they 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 they, they, they wanted to preserve it, so they gave it over from generation to generation to make sure that nothing would happen to it. And we said before in Paragimel that this is one of the things that was created by Nishmashus. Agav the Radal says that the reason why Neach took it with him into the Teva is because oh we'll, we'll see. Because the, 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 these coat has the, the ability to subdue wild animals, so Nech took it with him so that when he feeds the animals, he wouldn't be putting himself in danger. That's what the Radal wants to say. So it was with them in the Teva. in the Teva, when they left the Teva, when they left the Ark, Cham ben Cham, the son of Nech, took it. And he took it out with him and he bequeathed it to his grandson Nimrod. Now, it sounds like over here, the son of Nech, he just took it. It didn't say that he, it was given to him. And the Radal says that in Sefer Yashar, it says that it says it specifically, explicitly, that Chum stole it. And I found another Medrash, it says over here, it's called Medrash Aseris Malachim. It's printed in Eitzim Midrashim on page 461. Over there, it says a similar idea, but not exactly the same. It says that Noyach to shame. Shem gave it to Aver, and Nimrod made a war with Aver, and when he defeated Aver, he took these, these, these clothes of Adam Rishon and, and he wore it. That's what it says in that Medrash. So it says, When Nimrod would wear these clothes from Adam Rishon, Every animal, wild animal, and bird would fall in front of him and be subservient to him. 
So Kisvurin, people thought People thought that the reason why the animals were subdued in front of Nimrod was because he was so powerful and the animals realized that he's so powerful so they re- if even the animals could recognize it so we recognize that he's so powerful Therefore they made him the king because they said, oh he must be so powerful because cause look the animals, the animals are, are, are meek when they, when, when they come across him so they, they, they made him the king Shinamad says the puzzle Therefore, people say that, like, when you, when you want to say that someone was a strong man, you say, like, oh, he's like a Nimrod, who's a Gibbert Sayed, who was a, a powerful a hunter in front of Hashem. So, in the nut, basically, this, this clothing that came from Adam and Chava, so saying that it had the ability to make the animals subservient and, 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 and calm them down. So the Redal says two explanations. Why is that true? It's really one explanation. It could be one is because there's special clothing from Shemaim, so they could have special properties. And the other nakuda is that because originally Adam Rishon was the one who wore it, and we said in Parak Aleph that when Adam Rishon was first created, so all the animals were scared of Adam Rishon. They thought that he was the one who created the world, and they started bowing down to him. And he said, "We need to bowing down to me. We should all go down together and bow down to Hashem." But the animals were originally scared of other mission, so they already be, the animals became conditioned to being scared of whoever's wearing these clothing. Even though he's not necessarily the same person, it's not other mission, but it, it, they thought that the clothing makes the man. No? So basically, what the Medrash is saying over here, Rabbi Yehuda is saying that it wasn't that Nimrod himself was actually so strong, but that when he wore these clothing, it had certain properties that made it that the animals were, were, would, be, would be calm. So people thought that he was so strong, so that's why they made him king. And the first explanation of Rabbi Hanina's pshat was that because he was so strong, they made him king. So the Nafkamina is, is he re- was he really strong, or did people think he was strong? That's, a, that's the difference between them. Uh, there's an interesting, the Radal, yeah. Rashi points out though, that his strength wasn't strength. It was strength to convince other people. Convince people. So what was the, and, and, but that's not being, uh, Yeah, that, that's not what the manager over here is saying. No, no. But the, the, the Radal points out an interesting thing. He tells you to look at the Zayah. The, the Radal tells you to look at the Zayah. In Parish's boy, The Zayah brings this Medrash that Nimrod wore the, the clothing of Adam and Chava and the Zerah says the Chazal say that Nimrod wore the clothing of Adam and Chava but we have two questions the Zerah says first of all it says Adam and Chava right so what he was wearing both he was wearing like a skirt and a pant like he was wearing what he was wearing Adam's clothing and Chava's clothing what happened to Chava's Pashas means he was wearing Adam's clothing so what happened to Chava's clothing that's one kasha that the Zerah asks then the Zerah asks another kasha it says if Hashem gave special clothing to Adam and Chava, and that's what they wore, so had an, if Nimrod got it or someone else got it afterwards, what were they buried in? Does it make sense that they took off their these special clothes and, and wore something else, or that someone took off these clothes from them and put on other clothing? The Zerah says it doesn't make sense. Now, I'm not so convinced by these two questions. But the Zerah asks these two questions and concludes, not like Chazal, says, no, rather you have to say that the special clothing that Hashem gave Adam and Chava, no other person in the world was able to wear it because they're spiritual clothing, they're not really physical clothing, and, and it basically the Zayar argues on this, on, on Rabbi Yehud of Armandrish over here, and saying that no, Nimrod didn't wear the clothing of the Rishon. 
That's what the Zayar concludes. So you have to say that the Zayar is going like Rabbi Hanina that learns that the really Nimrod himself was strong, not that he looked strong because of his because of his clothing. That's what I would say. So what what were these clothing over here? What what, what was so special about these these begotten k'tainis sh'asa kadosh baruch for Adam and Chava? So I wrote down a few explanations. The the Sefer Tzioni and the Shla say that it was the, from made out of the skin of the Leviathan. The Hadar Zikanim brings down that actually it was the big day kahuna. But then the Hadar Zikanim asks, but if it was the big day kahuna, so what was Chava was wearing the big day kahuna? It doesn't make sense. So the Hadar Zikanim says rather you have to say it was like some special clothing that had pictures of all the animals on it. That's what, if you ever heard if you ever came across this idea that it was the clothing that had pictures of animals on it. So that's where it comes from the Hadar Zikanim. So like if you, you know, if it had like a little mouse or something, so like if an elephant saw the code, the elephant would be subdued because it saw a mouse, it'd be scared. Is it really true that elephants are scared of mice? Don't know. The Chambas Yamim says that, that it was a clothing that had like special precious stones on it, like the Big Dekuna, but not Mamish Big Dekuna. Yeah. The clothing was to make animals subservient, but also human beings subservient. It sounds like it only worked on animals. Because otherwise, uh, uh, you couldn't have defeated Avery in a war. You would have been subservient to Avery. Right, I hear. It, so- it sounds like from a manager over here that it's only animals. This was wearing a clothing. Once you met. What? What? Once, once you mentioned it, there's, 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 there's one of the. I forgot who it says. The, the one in Midrashim or Rishayim or somebody brings down a, a, an interesting story. Maybe it's Sivir Yashar even. That we're going to see at the end of the parak that Nimrod, that the Esav got jealous of Nimrod and he wanted to get this clothing. So, he, but he he, just, he said like, how am I, if I fight him, how am I going to be able to defeat Nimrod? He's so strong. So apparently Yaakov Avinu gave, according to this verse, Yaakov Avinu gave Esav an Eitzah how he could defeat Nimrod. He said like, so go to Nimrod and challenge him to a duel. But tell him, look, I know that you have these special clothing, right? So you're not gonna, you, you, you know, you obviously you'll defeat me because you have these special clothing. But that doesn't mean that you're more powerful than me. So you have to t- tell Nimrod, you have to take off this clothing to make it a fair fight, and then we'll see who's stronger, right? And then of course Nimrod takes off the clothing, and Asim grabs the clothing and runs away. Something like that. He killed him. He killed him, and then he took the clothing and ran away. So if he killed him, it sounds like he overpowered him. Yeah. Sounds Asim physically was stronger than Nimrod. Yeah. But. We'll, we'll see. That, it's Mokhlikis, but Pirkei de Blazer holds that Esau killed him. Oh yeah, he says he was tired. He was tired because he wanted to kill him. Yeah. He was murdering, yeah. He was murdering, yeah. Right. According to the Tiger Medicine, says his son, yeah. So he was tired because it was the day of Abraham and his funeral. And also because he committed five errors and then they, so the tire went up. <laughs> right. But what about the shot that uh, the males, that the males? Mm-hmm. So that's the that's the that's the that's the that's the after, I don't think the clothing he had to be after the eight. Oh, that's the order of the four. The order of the four. We saw that, right? Wait, wait, I think we saw that. Uh, the beginning. What, what, what paragraph was that? 
So, so, so skin, what was the question? What was their skin? Oh, yeah. was the skin like? And they say, I think, yeah, it's that, yeah, that was before the chay. It said that they wore, they wore like a, a cloth sort of of, of, skin, of of nail skin all over their body. But then after the chay, in Perak Chafalaf, it says that Hashem gave them skin made out of. No, it wasn't Chafalaf. It was cloth. It says Hashem gave them a clothing made out of the the skin of the Nachash. So before they were they were nails, and afterwards they were snake skin. Fine. You only mentioned Jeroen, the Tukha. You heard the Gilles of Yeah. He was Baal He had relations with a betrothed woman. Murdered. Murdered. Denied the birthright. Denied, Denied the birthright. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Oh my, so now, so, this, so that's why they made Nimrod the king over them. Either because he was actually strong or because people thought he was strong because of his clothes. Okay, so what did Nimrod do? Omar Nimrod said, Nimrod said to his nation, Let's go and build for ourselves a huge city. And we'll live over there. All together in this one, in this big city. Lest we be scattered all, all across the whole world like, like the previous people. Like the Radal says that he's referring to the generation of the Doramabul. That he, he, we don't want it to happen like that happened, like it happened to them. That there was a Babel all over the world. So rather we're all going to live together. Now, the logic over here is a little bit like, how, how does that work out? Because we don't want a mob to come, so we're all going to live together. Not sure. But, the Radal has, has a whole theory that he speaks about over here, and also in Perkyat Allah, that one of the ways that Nimrod was able to get them to make him king over them, is that basically something that, that politicians do nowadays, called fear-mongering. You, you get everyone scared, and you can come up with whatever you want, and they'll, like, they'll just buy it, right? So they're saying, everyone listen to me, because otherwise there's going to be a mobble. So everyone gets all scared. Oh, we don't want a mobble, so we'll just listen to him. Right? It's like people do it nowadays. You know, everyone, I'm the only person who knows how to deal with global warming, so everyone should vote for me, because otherwise you know, the world is going to be destroyed. Or, you know, I'm the, only, I'm the only person who has the guts to fight the Arabs properly, so you have to vote for me, because otherwise you know, we're all going to be killed. Oh, what did Bush do in 2005? What? Bush in 2005. I'm not saying specific things. I'm just like this, this idea. That's why I chose I chose one example from the left and one example from the right. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that everyone does it. That that's that that's a way of manipulating people, right? And the other the other way that, that you manipulate people is you come up with a common enemy, right? The common enemy, Nimrod's common enemy. The, our enemy is God. God is like. He's the one who's making all the problems. If we can go and fight him and beat him, we'll take care of everything. We're going to build a huge tower in the middle of the city and we're going to go up to Shemayim. Purpose. Because the power of Hashem is only in with water. Because they only saw that Hashem could do a marble. So they said, oh, Hashem will make a flood. So the problem is a flood. We can beat the flood by going up all the way to the Marzu says, we'll go up all the way to the Shemayim, we'll go on top of where the water comes down, and then the flood can't affect us. And with that, we're going to acquire for ourselves a, a great name in the land. I don't know who would mean a great, a great name, because if there's only people in the world, so then obviously they have a great name. Like, 
a great name sounds like we want other people to, to know about us. So maybe it's talking about for subsequent generations? Not sure. We want to make for us, our, ourselves a name. Okay. So the, 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 the major question is like this. What, were the people that were trying to make the big del bovel, the Taravel, were they stupid or like retarded or something? Like, what's wrong with them? They didn't see that, that in the previous parak, people who made the mabal, they, they were trying to rebel against Hashem, and Hashem smote them. So, like, what, why did they think that they would be different? Why did they think that they would be more successful? Why did they think they would be better than them? And why did they think that they were yeah. We said Karishanim like the people uh, of the Mabal. No, so I, I think what you have to say is that when the Mabal came, and uh, the whole world was covered in water, so then the water sort of spread everything out. I think that's what it means. I'm not sure. That was their, that's what ended up happening to them. Yeah. That, uh, that, like, that's not the Icar punishment. The Icar punishment was that like the water came and killed them, not that they were scattered. Uh, it's, it's hard to fit exactly into the words, you're right. So Rabbi Yomi Israel asks this question, and Rabbi Yomi Israel says that you have to say that they were thinking that, well, the problem of the Dora Mabel, we know, was that people were stealing and they were acting improperly to each other. So because they're acting improperly to each other, so that's why Hashem destroyed them. But if we're all going to go together and we're going to be united, then Hashem is not going to destroy us. Then we could actually defeat Hashem. United, we could defeat Hashem. Divided, we won't be able to defeat Him. That, that's what Rabbi Yom Ezra says. What, what were they thinking? Then he tells you to look at a medrash called Asius Rabbi Kiva Ais Reish. And, 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 and over there, it gives a little bit of a different explanation. So we're going to read it. This is from Ais Medrashim. starts on page 422. goes to 423. Asius Rabbi Kiva is a medrash from... Uh, from Chazal, where Rabbi Kiva has drushes about every letter in the Aleph phase and says like, what does each letter, what's the significance of each letter and it gives all kinds of interesting ideas. So it's on the letter Resh. Ein Resh el Migdal. The word Resh, the letter Resh refers to tower. Shibano b'nei dar ha-palaga. That the people from the dar ha-palaga built. Because the head of that tower reaches the Shemaim. Come, let's build a city, and the, uh, and, the, and, the, and the tower of the city will, the, the head of the tower, the top of the tower will reach the Shemaim. Right? The Empire State Building, I don't know. The Sears Tower, or something like that. What's the, what's the tallest building nowadays? Something Dubai, yeah. Dubai? The one in Dubai, yeah. Like, someone has a book with the tallest building. Uh-huh. Far taller than. But it was an apartment building or something, no? Yeah, it's part of an apartment and restaurant. Taller than by far, really. Really? Yeah. It's meters taller than, than the next. Is it wide also, or it's like just. But the base, it's pointy. At least the picture shows that it's very tall. But I saw at that time, Amru Bene the people from the generation of the. Of the the division, they said, Aren't the people from the, the generation of the flood, aren't they shaitim, aren't they stupid? Because they said to Hashem, rem- remove yourself from us. Until Hashem put upon them the waters of the flood. And Hashem destroyed them from the world. So what are we going to do? We, 
we're going to build a tower from the land all the way up to the heavens. And we're going to live in it. Like the ministering angels. And what are we going to do? We're going to take hammers in our hands. And we're going to bang on the, on the, on the rakia, on the, on the sky. And we're going to make it that when the waters from the heavens come down to the, world, to the earth to destroy us, we're going to use these hammers to make it, to push, to push the water to fall tafka, where there's water in the Mayim Tachtainim, by, by the world. We're going to make it, the yeah, Hashem wants to make a, a flood against us, so we're going to make sure that all the water falls into the ocean, and it's not going to fall onto people, with these hammers that we have. Because we're smarter than everyone else. So that Hashem won't do to us like what He did to the, 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 the Bnei Amabu, to the Dramabu. And then the measure says an interesting thing. It says, At that time, all the people of the, of the, the, the generation of the Dara Palaga, of the Tower of Babel, they split into three, three groups. Each one had their own motivation of why exactly they wanted to build this huge tower. Uh, sorry, one said, one said, we're going to build this tower so we can go up to the Shemayim and we can colonize it. We're going to live up there like we live down here. We're going to make a colony on the moon. We're going to make a colony in the, in, in, in the, in the sky. That's what we're going to do. Just because we want to take over the Jetsons. <laughs> what? How did the Jetsons beat the Flintstones? These are in the future, they're in the past. The second group said, we're going to build a tower that's going to go all the way up to the, to the heavens. And we're going to make for ourselves a name. Shame. And the Medrash over there says that sh- the shame, the word name in this context means they're going to make for themselves not a name, like we're going to be famous, but rather they're going to make themselves a name, they're going to make themselves an Avodah Zara. And it brings the Pasuk, and Pasuk Mishpatim, says, You shouldn't mention the names of other gods. A third group said, we said, we're going to go up, we're going to build a tower that goes all the way up to the Shemaim, and we're going to like, take like, you know, sharp objects or something, and we're going to cut up the Shemaim, and we're going to fight against the Kodesh Baruch, and we're going to make a war, and he won't be able to move us to other places. We're going to be able to decide where we want to live. So that, these are the three different things that are happening over here. So I, I, would, I would add that at this point you see that the whole idea was like, okay, we're better than everyone else because we, we're united and, and therefore we're, on a be- we're in a better situation than the Dharmabal. But like at this point already, when they started it, then it's like people are already starting to come up with different ideas. I want to do a Vedizah. I want to fight Hashem. I want to colonize the, the Shemayim. They're having already, there's a, a, a split in, in, in their motivations. Rabbi Pinchas says, They didn't have stones to build the city and the tower because they were living in a, um, Bava, which is a bika. It's a, it's a plain. It's a flat land. There's no rocks. There's no, there's no mountains. So they didn't have that. So how do they... So what do they do? 
they would take limestone and they would they would form it and then they would put it into a furnace and solidify it like a person who works with pottery and then with that it made bricks and they were able to build their city and their tower an argument would be stones are not flat necessarily it's not so simple to build that high with rocks you're saying another reason why they dafka would use bricks than stones bricks are Oh, well, it's like technology against Hashem. No, but we had before that we had we had what's it called the sons of uh, uh, what's his name of Lamech that this guy invented the different mus- musician things and this guy invented the what's it called blacksmith or something. I don't know. He probably asked that in the next part of the share, but you missed it. Until they built up this tower, it was 70 mil tall. How much, how much is 70 mil? How much is a mil? Do you remember offhand? Probably Palmer? It's a mile. Mil is about a mile, yeah? So I, I remember thinking that thought that, oh, it's, that's basically almost a mile. It's a mile, if I'm not mistaken. So it was 70 miles tall. That's about space. Is it? 60 miles of space. That's when you start floating. That's what I, I saw some. 63 maybe. So 70 miles up is like Mamish. So they came out of the space. That, that's what it would seem like. But they made one mistake. They didn't realize that Hashem was not physical, spiritual. He's, he's, he's here like he is there. <laughs> yeah. They made a little uh, error. But right. if they would have built all the way up, they, they would have never ended. Right. Been... There's a what's it called? The famous shtickle from Rubianus and the that says based more or less that like they wanted to build a spaceship to go up to Shemaim. You ever heard this one? Yeah, it's like a famous. Rather, actually building a spaceship. Yeah. So he's the inventor of the idea of the spaceship then. Rubianus and Ibishitz? 400 years ago, he was 400 years ago. I don't know. Oh, uh, Nick Homer was so smart, they're coming up with this idea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, they built the pyramids. Right? Oh. Well, they had the Jews build the pyramids, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. That's what people say. Sounds like the machine was smarter for some reason. The machine, yeah. Yeah, it's a steer. No, how did it become so smart? I don't know. Well, you could be smart and be an Evan. I don't yeah. know if it's a steer. So Radal says that it was seventy miles tall, connected the seventy nations that helped build it. We'll see later on that it was seventy nations built it. Then he brings the targum in Kehelis. I actually saw this targum. This I noticed that this year when we were reading Kehelis and on Chalmei Tzukis. That it says in, in the Targum and Kailas in Perg Yud, it says that a thousand kings joined together to help build the Migdal Bavel. So he says, like, oh, it's a thousand, it's not seventy. But okay. And so we have this big, huge tow- um, tower, and there were stairs on the east side of the tower and on the west side of the tower. The people who were bringing up the bricks would go up the stairs on the east. And the people who would come down would come down from the stairs on the west. 
what's it called? The Radal says that Rabbeinu Bechaye, when he brings down this Medrash, he has a gear so that it says that there were 70 stairs. So he says, what do you mean? If it's 70, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that there were 70 stairs. Because if it's 70 miles tall, that means that each stair was one mile tall. You can't walk up a staircase that each stair is one mile. It doesn't make sense. So he says that what it means, 70 stairs, it means 70 staircases. It says that each nation had its own staircase to go up the Migdal Bavel. So I think you see, it, you see it again over here that they're already starting to like split up. It's 70, each one has their own staircase. What do you mean? I thought everyone was all together. It's already, it's already, they're already beginning to like to stop necessarily working completely united. Now, 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 now you see this point in, an, in, in another way. Oh, Agav, he says that the, the Radal says that the reason why was that when you go up, it goes from the east, and when you come down, it's from the west. This is because they were mimicking the sun. When the sun comes up from the east and it goes down in the west. So they, that, that, the, the way the program was to mimic the sun. And when you bring up the bricks, the guy bringing it up comes up from the east and goes down from the west. Fine. If a man fell and he died, because you know this is a lot of stairs, it goes very high. They wouldn't care about it. They wouldn't put their heart to him. They, wouldn't, they, don't, they didn't care about him. But if one brick fell, they would sit down and they would cry and they would mourn over it. And they would say, Woe upon us! When are we going to get another brick instead of this brick? And they would be all sad. So this is like another, like um, the liberal mentality where they didn't really care about the people. They cared about the ideas more. Right? And then they, what's going to be? We need another brick. They were crying. But the other, the, he bring, the Marzu brings that it says in Sefer Yasha that it would take them an, a full year to make one brick, to to get from one brick to to make it and then bring it all the way to the top of the of, of the tower. It would take a whole year. So like when a brick was fell or whatever, so like it's a loss because like you know you would really have to wait a whole year to 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 to, to fill that loss. The other Avram ben Terach, Avram the son of Terach, passed by and he saw them building this city, and the and I guess and the tower. And he cursed them in the name of Hashem. But Omar, he said, Bala Hashem Hashem should swallow them. Hashem should split their language. And we know that Api the Cheshman, if you look in the Pesukim, you can make a partial Cheshman. Avram Avinu was born in the year 1948. And therefore he was, what, 48? How old was he? When, when, by the door of Palagop? It was 1996? 96? 96? 96? So he was in his 50s. Uh, just below 48. 48. He was 48 years old, right? Avramovino was 48 years old. And that's when. when yeah. So in my book, I speak about how a few different, a few different fights between Avramovino and Nimrod. And this is sort of one of them. Other Midrashim say better that. They, they, as, a, as a Nimrod wanted to do the Migdal Bavel, and Avram and a few other people were opposed to Migdal Bavel. Here it doesn't necessarily say it like that, that Avram Avinu was opposed. It just said Avram Avinu passed by, he saw them building, and he cursed them out. Or he cursed them. He put a, the, the Hashem should swallow them up and split up their languages. The Ibn Ezra says a huge Kiddush. Ibn Ezra in Parshish Nayak says a huge Kiddush. He says that Avram Avinu partook in building Migdal Bavel. 
That's what the Ibn Ezra says. I, 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 I once asked Mary Shashiva about this. He says that Chazal definitely understand not like that. Because it's a Gemara and a Vedazara. It's also Yaakov Shemayni and Tilim. It says in the Pasuk, Asher Isha Sherlai Halach Ba'atzas Rishoyim. And the, the Gemara says, I think it's in a Vedazara. It says that that Pasuk, Asher Isha Sherlai Halach Ba'atzas Rishoyim, is talking about Avram Avinu, who didn't go with the Atzas Rishoyim, who didn't partake in building the, the Migdal Bavel. But the Ibn Ezra is the one who also he, he speaks out the whole Cheshbon to tell you that Avraham Avinu was 48 years old by Migdal Bavel. But I'm just remembering right now that there's a Marsha in Mesechus Avedizara also on, I guess, on Daftes, Medalef, that the Marsha seems to say that Avraham Avinu only started only started to learn Torah after the story of Migdal Bavel. And it says that he, he started learning Torah after Migdal Bavel, and it took him five years to learn Torah, and, that, and then he was 52, and that's when he started teaching others. And then when Avram Avinu was 52, what year was that? That was exactly the year 2000. So Gemara, right, that, that, this is the Pshat and the Gemara, because the Gemara says that the first 2,000 years of the, of the existence of the world was Taihu, and the next 2,000 years of the existence of the world was the 2,000 years of Taira. So that 2,000 years of Taira started when Avram Avinu was 52 years old, which is five years after the Migdal Bavel. So, so the Marshal says, because first it took him five years to start learning after Migdal Bavel, then, then he started teaching other people, and that's when the 2,000 years of Taira starts. Marshal and Daftas. I just remembered it now. Okay. So that was Avram Avinu. He was he was he was telling them not to build, and he was and he cursed them. But the people who were building, they they despised his words like a, like a rock that you like throw on the floor. Like they they didn't care about it. It was just like there. They didn't they didn't pay attention to it. And then the Medrash says, Medrash says, is it not true that any ch- cho- the choicest and the best of stones, you don't just throw it on the floor and not use it, you use it in the corner house, the cornerstone, because it, it, it holds up both sides together. It's, a, it's, it's the best, you use the best stones for the corner. And they're just like throwing, disregarding Avram Avinu as if he's nothing. Medrash says, Avram Avinu, the Torah says, Evan Masu Habaynim, the rock. The boynim, the people who were building, despised it. It became the cornerstone. It became the, 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 major, the cornerstone of the world. Now, Avram Avinu was probably the most influential person who ever lived in the entire world. Want to argue with that? that there's such a madrasha. The yeah, the Midrash that said that, yeah, the, the, because because David Malach was there, there's a story. It's brought down. The Chida brings it, and a few other. Uh, it's Medrash Seichar type maybe even that the, the, there's a story that that Yishai was upset that he when he realized that he's from from descendant of Rus, from he's from Mayav, so he thought that maybe he's puzzled Akal because the drasha of Mayaviv Le Mayavis wasn't so pushed, so he thought maybe he's not really supposed to get married. So it says that he separated from his wife, and then what? Well, his then his his wife decided that she's gonna she's gonna do a shtick on him, and basically he ended up propositioning his 
his slave, but he, he thought it was a slave, but it was really his wife. And he had children from that David Malach was born. But people thought that his wife became pregnant in Stam, not through him. So they looked at David Malach originally as illegitimate. So Evan Masu Habaynim, the rock that the people hated, because they thought that the, 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 David was like sort of. Uh, right, they thought he was a Mamzer, but he was Haisal Reish Pina. That, that's a, a different Medrash on that Pasuk. Of the world. That that's yeah. Now today. says, Hakadosh Baruch Hu called to the seventy angels which surround him on his holy on his chair of glory. Hashem said to them, Come and let's mix up their languages or their language. How do we know that Kodesh Baruch came down to Megiddo Bovel? Shinevah says in the Pesach, Hava Nerda, come, let's go down. Erda Enksiv, it doesn't say, I'm going to go down. Ela Nerda, we will go down. Hashem said it, Hashem and his 70 angels said, we're going to go down. Rashi and Chumash says a slightly different shot. Rashi says that because the Kodesh Baruch was such an honor, he wanted to teach us the Midah of Anivus. So Hashem said it to the angel, that, to, to his, his, Rashi says to his Beisdin, as if, you know, me and the Beisdin are going to go down and take care of the situation. Even though it was really Hashem himself who was doing it. But here we're saying a different shot that it's going with the, with the, with the 70 angels. Yeah? Yeah. The Gemara of Maram is to it, but it's more, the story that I said is more Mephorish in other sources. Yeah, Psachim Kufi Okay. So Hashem is going to go with the seventy with these seventy angels, and, and he's going to he's going to mix up all the languages and the and the and the nations. How do we know that Kadosh Baruch made a lottery between the seventy angels? It says in the pasuk, "Bahanchel Goyim." In in Parshas Hazinu, it says like this. It says, when Hashem was bequeathing the nations their heritage, when Hashem was separating the, the sons of Adam, when he was separating the different nations, he erected the borders of the nations like the number of the sons of Israel. And we know that yeah, when Yaakov you know, came down to Mitzrayim, it was 70 people of his family. That's a B'nai Israel. So we know that there were 70 nations. Hashem dis- dis- split up the world into 70 nations. Well, don't we know that from before, from B'nai Allah? Who, who this is representing? If you, if you, if you learn Parshas Nayak really good, and you didn't know that there were 70 nations, you might not come to that conclusion. There's different numbers that you might come to, depending on who you count and what you don't count. But Chazal, the first telling us, there's a pasuk that tells you that there were 70 nations. How to count the 70? How to count exactly the 70 nations in the parashas Nayak? There's different ways of doing it. If you want, do you count Nimrod as one of the nations himself? There's a lot of different. I know. I saw. I know articles. I know articles chart. <laughs> yeah, if you look over here on the bottom of your picture, the in the Bayis Hagadol, so he he has two 
two different ways of counting the 70. And one of the projects that I never get to work on is, is going through all the different ways of counting the 70. Rebazaria de Rosi also has different ways of doing it. It's, it's a very interesting sugya. It's not simple, no. So Hashem made Kebiyochal a lottery between the different nations. And the, the portion, the, or the lot of Hashem came out on Avram Avinu and his family. That's the next passage. The, the portion of Hashem is his nation. Yaakov is the portion of his, of his nachal, of his, inherit, of his inheritance. So Hashem split up the nations into 70, and Hashem got Yaakov, Bnei Yisrael, and the, the, each the other nation, different Malachim, got different, different nations. Amar Kudish Baruch Hashem said, This portion, and this lot that fell, that fell upon me, my soul wants it. Obviously Hashem doesn't have a soul, but Hashem is saying that I'm happy with it. Uh, a package fell upon me with with pleasantry. It was it was pleasant. I wanted that that package. Now, the, the, I personally I don't I don't know exactly how to understand what's happening here in the medrash because it sounds like if you read it like simply it sounds like there was like a lottery and it just like it happened to come out that like Bnei Saul went to Hashem and each other nation went to like different 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 malachim. It doesn't doesn't sound so right. Like it was just a lottery and it like, happened to come out like that. So obviously it was, it was, uh, Hashem didn't make a lot, lottery sounds like it happened by chance. That, that's, the, that's what I'm bothered by. And the whole world was created, uh, as you said, for Abraham and, and Israel. Yeah, Israel. so Israel. like what's, it was like, it was, I also, is Christ all considered from the 70 nations or not? Pasha's not. So, so then it wasn't even in the lottery, Bukhal, right? So I, I don't know, there's this, this, this 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 whole thing gets like very problematic and like there's a lot of things you have to like sit down and really think about it, how how it works out in the academic world they have this whole like apikursoship shot in in these sukkim over here in in Parshas Hazino I'll tell you very because of what they say they basically have an idea that the early Jews believed that there were gods of different nations. And that Yud Kevavke is like the god of the Jews, and each nation had like their own god, and then there was another god on top of everything. And they want to say that that god on top of everything was named was named Kael or El or El Elyon, Elyon. And, and we find in different. You've seen these books. We, we, the emphasis that we find in, in writings of different non-Jewish nations, Canaanite nations, that they refer to their god as El or El Elyon, which are terms that we use when we talk about Hashem. So the, so the academic world wants to say that, they, that, the, that it was basically agreed upon by most of the early tribes and nations that ever in this area that there was a supreme god called El Elyon and under him were different other gods and Yud Kevavke was like a, a sub-god under him. So they understand it is that this Elyon guy, so he was splitting up all the different nations right? and, and there were 70 of them and what came to the to the Jews? You'd give up. Okay, that's the that's the God that, that, that became the God of the Jews. That's how they understand these psukim. Yeah. Okay. 
And they say like uh, shame or Makitzedek was shame. The Chazal tells the Makitzedek is shame, and even Josephus says the Makitzedek is shame. So that he was who kain lekel yain. And this whole thing over there, he says, Baruch Avram lekel yain kaneshem al ayat. So Baruch kel yain. Hashem begins to rachav yadagav So over there, by Makitzedek, Tafka doesn't say Hashem. It just says kel yain. So they say like Makitzedek. He was sort of like a neutral, like like a higher a higher type of uh, priest. He was a priest for like the supreme God, not for like any specific nation God. That's what they want to say. But we understand that Elyon is another another term for Hashem. So, but but then you, 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 if you think about it, it's like it's a shtigl funny. So Hashem is making a lottery about the different nations, and then like Hashem got Kli like, Yisrael. Okay. Uh, it seems like you fear that Hashem would do a goro. Right. He knows that. That's for him to, to use this. Thing we consider no, Kale, Kale, whatever it is, yeah. assigned us to Hashem. Right, that's what, that's what they say. But we understand that Kel is Hashem. So is that better? Yeah. So Hashem, Hashem made a lottery and we came out, the, we got his portion. But like, how, do, how exactly to understand that? Was, I asked a few people, some big Talmud Chacham about it, and they, they, they didn't know what to say. They weren't familiar with this piece of Pirkei Leblezer, so. Fart, right there. And the seventy angels that surround his chair of glory came down with him. And the confused their, their language into seventy nations and seventy languages. Each one of the seventy they became a, their own nation. They had their own form of writing and their own language. And appointed. An angel upon each and every nation. Now here it says Mina Akashbach appointed it. Before he just said it was a lottery, right? So I don't know exactly how it works. And Akashbach fell into the portion of Hashem. Nofal, like Lashna, like by chance. I don't know. We just repeated what we said before. I don't know why the Majesty. Uminayin shiyad akadish baruch hu. Hashem himself came down. This is also repeating what we just said. Hashem, it says the pasuk, a different pasuk. But yer Hashem liris is the irvis amigdal. Hashem came down to see the city and the tower. Says the medrash zoi yirida shnia. We mentioned in Perak Yedalad that we find ten times in Tanakh that it says in Chumash that it says that Hashem came down. And the first one we mentioned over there was when he came down to speak to Adam and Chava about what they did wrong with the itzadas. And we said throughout the rest of Pirkei Blazer, we're going to go through the ten times that Hashem came down, or at least most of them. And we hear this is the second one. This is the second time that it says that Hashem came down. But we spoke about I mean, in my book. I write about um, is Lashon Hakodesh considered from the seventy languages? Is Aramis considered from the seventy languages? What else do we speak about in there? Yes, Hashem came down a third time to check on Sodom. Yes, that's that's the next pair. That's next week. Oh, there's, there's a lot of interesting ideas. Each person wanted, after, the, after this happened, each person wanted to speak to his fellow in Lashon Kedish. As the Radal says, that was the language that they spoke before Migdal Bohel. Which, in my book, we bring down from Rishenim and even from the Rishalmi, Gemara Rishalmi, that it's not so passionate what language spoke before Migdal Bohel, but Rashi goes with the Mahalath that it was Lashon HaKadosh and Pekhita Vazir is also going with the idea that it was Lashon HaKadosh so they wanted to speak Lashon HaKadosh 
But they couldn't. But nobody was able to understand the language of his fellow. So what do they do? They each guy took a sword and suddenly they started fighting each other because they couldn't, they couldn't get along. And half of the world population at that point was killed by sword. There was a major world war and, and that was World War I. World War Two. <laughs> they, 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 half the world's population was killed. And from there, Hashem scattered them along the face of the whole world. Hashem scattered them from there on the face of the whole world. But that's more or less the story of Migdal Bavel. Now the Medrash uh, ties a loose end. We spoke, we were talking about the coat of Adam and Chava. They went to Nimrod. So what happened afterwards? Rabbi Aimer, Rabbi says, Esav. Esau, the brother of Yaakov, he saw this coat that Hashem made for Adam and Chava on Nimrod, and he desired them in his heart. And he killed Nimrod, and he took the coat for himself. Uh, as I mentioned before, the Rufheim Kanevsky, in one of his farm, in Siyah Hasada, he has like a thing called like Sefer Likutim or something, he discusses this other places also. It's Machlekes, who killed Nimrod? Was Avramovin who killed Nimrod? Or was it Esav who killed Nimrod? So here we're saying that Esav killed Nimrod and he's the one who took the big day, the, 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 what we call the big day chamudis, the, the desirable clothing of Nimrod. Targum Yerushalmi in Bereshus Memchas Chafalaf says that Avramovin was the one who killed Nimrod and there's other Midrashim that also seem to say that. If you learn that Amrafel Amra from, the, from the four kings was Nimrod, and, Avram, and says Avram Avinu killed Amraphel, so then you have to say that Avram Avinu killed Nimrod. Okay? So it says in Targum Yushami that Avram Avinu took the clothes from Nimrod, and he gave it to Yitzhak, and Yitzhak gave it to Esau, because he, he, Yitzhak was under the assumption, or, the, or was under the misimpression that Esau was, was his successor. What happened to how do we know that these clothes were desirable in the eyes of Esau? Shinema says in the Pasuk that when Rivka told Yaakov to go get the brachas from Yitzchak instead of Esau, so Rivka, Yaakov said, What do you mean? He's going to feel me and he's going to see that I'm not Esau because Esau was very hairy and I'm like very smooth. So what did Rivka say? Rivka said, Yeah, wear these special clothing and then he'll, he'll think that you're Esau. Rivka took the clothes of Esau, her oldest son, the desirable clothes. The big day chamudos. Esau, Rashi says, I believe Rashi says this in Chumash, that Esau didn't trust anybody with these clothes. So when he wasn't wearing the clothes, he didn't even give it to his wives because he couldn't trust his wives. So he gave his clothes to his mother because he knew that his mother was like the only tzaddikah that he could trust. So he always gave his clothes to his mother to wash. So when he was out hunting, so they, they, they right. that's why he changed some of their names. There. But when he was out hunting, so 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 the Mufarshim said that when he went out hunting to bring the food for for, for his father when when Yitzchak was getting the brachas, so he dafka went out without these clothing because he wanted to do it like he wanted to put his 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 ability and his powers into it. He didn't want to have to rely on the special clothing in order to get the animals to to bring to his father. So he gave it, he says, so his, the clothes were by his mother, and his mother gave it to Yaakov Avinu. 
when Yaakov, when, when, oh, when Esav would wear them, Nasa gam, Nasa bom gam hu gibar. Esav would also become a, a strong person. Now it says the Pasuk, Vahi Esav yish yadeh atzayin. Esav became an ish yadeh atzayin. So he knew how to hunt. And maybe it could be that the Pshad is that it's making sort of like a gzir shava. It was said by Nimrod, the Nimrod is gibar tzayin lefnei Hashem. So here by Esav it says yadeh atzayin. Tzayin, tzayin. So that tells you that he was the same thing like Nimrod. But, Basically, Rifle Kiva is clothing over to Yaakov. When Yaakov left from in front of his father Yitzchak, after he got the bracha, he had these clothes, Omar, he said, Esav, the Russia is not worthy to wear these clothing. And uh, uh, Yaakov Avinu dug and he buried them there under the ground and he he he, he hid them. His his package is hidden under in, in the in the ground. So that's what happened to it in the end. Yaakov Avinu took it and he buried it and it was hidden and that's the end of the story of the big day chamulis of Esav, of of Esav of Nimrod of Adam and Chava. That's more or less what happened over here. He didn't give it to his sons. Right. The part, the chidobi here is sort of miramis to a question that I wrote down. I, I wrote a whole rishus about elsewhere. That how was it that Yaakovin was able to wear the clothing of Esav? There's a lacha that the, the clothes of an ama aretz are metame tumas medris. It has it has a special tuma. Chacham were gazer a special tuma on the clothing of an ama aretz. So how could Yaakovin wear the clothing of Esav? So one of the mufarshim. So basically, what they want to say, a lot of mufarshim, is that really it didn't belong to Esav. Esav stole it. So it wasn't really his clothing, so he couldn't really he couldn't really ask for it. He stole from someone who stole. He stole from someone who stole. Yeah. Why is he considered an Amaretz? Esav. Put him in charge. I in the context of Tum of Tara just means somebody who's not careful in Tum of Tara. Okay. okay. We can assume we can assume that Esav wasn't careful in Tum of Tara. He did give that away. He obviously wasn't careful. <laughs> it's a different type of Tum, but yeah, Tum of Tara. So Kavachoyim wouldn't be careful Tum of Tara. To real Tum, I hear. This one, one, one last thing. There's a Gemara of Zara. I, I, I meant to bring a Gemara of Zara with me, but I forgot to. It's a very interesting Gemara. Is there one here? No. The Gemara of Zara says in Dafir Alchemet Beis. The Gemara of Zara says that there's a, a custom in Rome that once every seventy years they would take a they would take a um, a lame person. And put him on top. Well, you know what the Gemara said exactly? They, they would take a, a, a lame, like a, a disabled person, and put him on top of a healthy person, and they would they would dress the healthy person in the big day chamudays of Adam and Chava, and he would wear, and the and the the lame person would wear a mask that was made out of the skin of Rabbi Shmuel. Like we say in the by the Asara Ruge Malchus that the, when the when the king wanted the, the Roman king wanted to kill Rishmael, so his daughter is like, no, you should save him because he's so beautiful. So he's like, oh, we'll save him, we'll, we'll, we'll kill him, but we'll like peel off his face and we'll like preserve it so like, you can look at his face. So like the face of Rishmael was preserved, and then the lame guy was wearing the face of Rishmael, and 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 uh, as if to represent Yaakov Avinu because Yaakov Avinu was lame because he was al when the Malach of Esav hit him on, the, on his sciatic nerve, so he was, he was limping, so he was like sort of like lame. And, and that was the minute. 
and, and it would say certain things, I forgot exactly what it was, that, we, that you see over here, that Esau was miscabbed over Yaakov. They made such a declaration. Yaakov is a liar. That Yaakov is a liar, something like that. So yeah, that he tricked Esau. So this is something that there, there was a meaning in Rome that they do this once every seventy years, and and it's like whoever saw it saw it. If you didn't see it, so that's it. You you missed it for your life because seventy years is a lifespan. The other profession said because seventy years is the amount of time that the, the original goal, the first goal's bubble was seventy years. So they do like af, after their goals, goals, goals So like every seventy years or something like our, our the goals is not over yet. We we're, we're still still overpowering Yaakov you know. Yeah, how many times could they had this occasion? I don't know. And in the times of the Gemara, the Shukla done by Rome for a few hundred years only. Yeah, I don't know. They couldn't have done it so many times. It's true. But the, the, so the question is, but it says in the Gemara that they would they would dress them in the clothes of Adam and Chava, in the big day of Chamudos, right? But I, over here in the Medrash we said it was buried, it was gone. So what happened? So I want to say, if you look in the Yaibits, in the Gemara over there, the Haglis Yaibits, from Yaakov Emden on that Gemara, so he says it's Lav Tafka. They didn't actually have the Begadim of Adam and Chava and dress this guy in it. Rather, what they did is, they, in their own imagination, they decided, okay, this is how the calling of Adam and Chava looked, and they said, and they, they dressed the guy in it, and they said, like, this represents the calling of Adam. But not that they actually had the Big Day Chamudas. Which is because, like, Pekadim Belezah says over here, that it was, it was hidden. Kubi, they took the big dekunu too, but Rashi says that it was the big dekhumulis. Yeah. If you learn, like the Madla Alman, the big dekhumulis were the big dekhuna, anyways, it's not a question. But, the ones that the, the who says it? The Hodders, the Kanim, other before Okay. Shkoyach for coming, have a good talk.